This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences. And now I'm excited about a new natural wellness line from Plus CBD, CBD Calm and CBD Sleep. CBD Calm helps ease tension, soothe irritability, and contributes to a greater sense of contentment through a blend of Plus CBD's award-winning full-spectrum CBD, plus L-theanine, and 5-HTP. CBD Sleep aids occasional sleeplessness with CBD Plus melatonin, as well as soothing magnolia bark extract and relaxing lemon balm so you can get the rest you need and wake up alert and focused. Both products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. The subject is herbal medicine. Uh, we're talking to Dr. Bill Rawls. He's the author of The Cellular Wellness Solution. Tap into your full health potential with the science-backed power of herbs, and our focus is on herbs. Uh, he's got a company, Vital Plan. It's uh, aimed at consumers to make it easy to get high-quality uh, natural products. So uh, your background is in OBGYN. So uh, you have uh, a particular purview on female problems, and you know among the problems that uh, can be successfully addressed by herbs. Uh, we're talking about uh, PMS, and uh, we often talk about uh, menopausal uh, distress. And for women who don't want to go on the pill or take uh, hormone replacement therapy uh, or take antidepressants, uh, are there alternatives? Uh, always, yeah. And it's um, you know, that, that first product that I mentioned with the ashwagandha and L-theanine and other calming herbs, I developed that to help with menopausal symptoms as well as just general stress. And, you know, in my practice, I gravitated uh, pretty early toward using bioidentical hormone replacement when it was indicated. Um, but I found that using herbal, uh, that herbal combination, you know, most of the symptoms of menopause um, were uh, res would resolve, and, and then you know when estrogen was indicated, you could use really low doses, uh, very safe doses of bioidentical hormone replacement, and get exceptionally good results. So the, the combination of herbs with other kinds of therapies can be really beneficial. Are, are you a fan of uh, black cohosh, dong quai? Uh, red clover, you know, some of these have been touted for uh, female distress. Yeah, I found that the ashwagandha combination actually worked better than black cohosh. Um, I don't have any, uh, any problem with black cohosh. I think it's a really nice herb. But that other combination seemed to work as well as better in my practice. Uh, red clover is a source of isoflavonoids. 
flavones, which has some estrogenic properties, good or bad. Some people are uh, want that or want to avoid that. Um, so, but I think in most people, adding that on also is a reasonable thing uh, to control cycles. Uh, an herb called Vitex or Chastry berry works Chastry. exceptionally well. Um, so it's uh, so so those yes, there's some really wonderful herbs, but. I think it's, it's important to look at it from the point of view of what the herbs are doing. So all of the herbs are protecting cells in the body, but they're balancing hormone pathways. So, you know, when what you're getting in the herb is the chemical systems that the plant is using. Some of those are defensive and some of those are regulatory. So plants use a lot of the same chemicals. Uh, signaling agents um, that we do. So they're very similar to our neurotransmitters, our, our adrenal hormones. And so when we use that from a healthy plant, it has the effect of balancing our hormone systems in the face of stress. So they, they work really well. Um, they, they're not as potent. They don't have that fast, hard action like a drug. But Often with an herb, the longer you take it, the better the benefit gets. And there's some uh, evidence that CBD may help with uh, menopausal distress uh, or PMS. And, and you actually allude to that in the book. You, t you talk uh, about C the possibility that um, uh, cannabinoids uh, you know, derived from hemp uh, could, could be useful. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's uh, what we're doing with the CBD as far as the, the uh, chemical agents coming from the plant, the CBD and the other components that you find in the hemp uh, variety of cannabis are affecting the endocannabinoid system in the body, which is a regulatory system that basically balances or normalizes everything. So when you tap into that system in a positive way, which you're doing with the CBD oil, you have this wide ranging effect over everything in the body. You increase endorphins, which helps with pain. You balance serotonin and, and, and actually increase serotonin and, re and affect your mood hormones. And so it, it's really helping out everything in the body. Uh do you have to look out for uh, drug nutrient interactions? For example, you know, people who are on blood thinners, they're told to stay away from certain herbs. Uh, I think that's a little bit overwrought because they even say that you have to avoid curcumin if you're on a blood thinner. I think that that may be an exaggerated right. concern, but certain things do act as blood thinners. Ginkgo biloba, I think, is one example. Uh, are you concerned about uh, interactions there or, or say someone's taking a medication and they take uh, milk thistle? because it protects the liver, but it also may affect the metabolism of, of the herb. Um, yeah, I, I, th I think those kinds of interactions have to be um, recognized. Um, but again, you know, it, it, I think it's, it's carried too far sometimes. Um, most of your herbs are going to have some platelet aggregation inhibiting effects. In other words, they're very, very mild blood thinners. And if you're taking a potent blood thinner uh, like warfarin, which is one of the more potent, there are several on the market that aren't quite as harsh now, um, you know, you have to be aware of that so your blood doesn't get too thin. Um, and 
you know, what we're up against, though, is, is physician knowledge of herbs is so low that they don't realize that they could probably reduce the dose of right. the really toxic drug. They usually say stop everything, use, you know, don't take any of that yeah, stuff, and, you know, like a blanket right, uh, and, condemnation. Yeah. Right. And use the use the herbs, use krill oil along with that, which is a really nice blood thinner. And then you wouldn't need so much of the toxic drug. And that's true with so many of your herbs, you know, just using them concomitantly, recognizing that the herbs are going to have more of a healing effect um, where the herbs are, where the drugs are going to have more of a blocking or or specific action effect. Um, you know, we could you can get some really nice therapies. Um, so that's that, but that's something we're always up against. But the two big things that I think people should be aware of blood thinners or people that have had uh, some kind of transplant and are on uh, uh, immune suppressing drugs. Right. And, and that brings us to the topic of immunity, which is a hot topic these days. I think sales of uh, immune support supplements uh, soared over the past couple of years for obvious reasons. What, what are some of your favorites? And, you know, is there uh, a concern that we may be over-revving the immune system, as some people say? Yeah, I think I'm going to surprise you here to say it's less about the immune system than you think. Okay. Yes. What we depend on our immune system for is protecting us from that first assault, protecting us from COVID, protecting us from a new infection with something. Um, and, you know, those, those threats are out there. So certainly our immune health is very, very important. Um, our main defenses as far as protecting us from being invaded by a foreign microbe, our barriers, our skin, uh, the lining of our intestinal tract, the lining of our sinuses, these barriers, our immune system, that when things do come across, you know, the immune, set, that the, the immune system is, is the troops that we send out to get rid of that thing, to counterattack. Um, and then, in the gut, our normal flora helps suppress pathogens. So those are our major defenses. But what people don't realize is our cells can defend themselves. So our cells have a process that they uh, called autophagy that we use to, it's basically cellular housekeeping that cells are constantly pruning worn out proteins and bad DNA and bad mitochondria to rebuild new. And using that process, they can also expel or get rid of invasive microbes. So if your cells are healthy, they can take care of themselves. So when we look at this thing of cellular health, it is, is, is just as important, possibly even more important than immune health. But considering that our immune system is cellular, it's kind of a whole part of that whole thing. So keeping ourselves healthy is remarkably important. And you know, what I think we found with COVID is there are a lot of people out there with really poor cellular health. And so it wasn't just COVID. So when you look at long COVID, it's not just reactivation of the, of the SARS virus, it's reactivation of all those dormant microbes in our system. 
And I found a study recently that showed that even with acute COVID, it's not just SARS that's causing the symptoms. In mm -hmm. most cases, they were able to find reactivation of Epstein-Barr and all kinds of other microbes were part of the symptomatology of this whole thing. So these dormant microbes that we have in our system inside of our cells and cellular health, keeping those microbes dormant, but also cells having the ability to fend off invasion by microbes is a really, really important part of us staying healthy. So cellular health is really central to this whole thing. And that's why taking herbs every day is so remarkably important because it does so much to promote that level of cellular health. So, so you're not a big fan of uh, things like echinacea, astragalus, uh, so many of the things that have been uh, touted, uh, you know, various uh, mushroom extracts, uh, things like that. That uh, oh, oh no, no, don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah, you do have to know a little bit about what herb you're taking, right? So echinacea stimulates immune system function. So if you've got uh, a cold or 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 uh, acute COVID, um, taking echinacea in the early stages can be really beneficial. But you're right, if you keep taking that thing, or if your immune system is already revved up, you can hyper-rev the immune system. So echinacea, honestly, isn't an herb that I use a lot. There are so many other antimicrobial herbs. Um, Australicus is pretty good. Mushroom extracts are exceptionally good. Rishi, top on my list to take every day, along with cordyceps, chaga mushrooms, lion's mane. So our mushrooms are immune modulators. That's very different than an immunostimulator. Mm -hmm. So an immune modulator calms portions of the immune system that are overactive, but boost these parts of the immune system that are underactive. And I don't know of anything on earth that can do that, like the herbs, and this has been well documented. So medicinal mushrooms, other herbs that really have wonderful antimicrobial properties, Japanese knotweed, andrographis, and common things, garlic, ginger, that one's wonderful. I mean, I, you know, I get a colder flu. I run to the grocery store and get a big hunk of ginger and blend it and make tea out of it. And I'm drinking that every three, three or four hours. So it is a wonderful antiviral. So the herbs can help you with that acute infection, but they can also strengthen your cells to keep you from, to make you, and put you in a better place if you end up getting something like that. What about uh, digestive health? Because uh, from uh, uh, stem to stern, Americans experience so many digestive ailments, you know, starting with uh, GERD uh, and then uh, gastritis, stomach problems, uh, and then moving along down the digestive tract, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, uh, constipation, diarrhea, gas, bloating. Uh, certainly herbs may play a role in, in helping to regulate the digestive tract. They help. And I, I find that actually the herbs 
the herbs. And here I'm talking about a lot of different herbs. So all herbs are going to have antimicrobial properties at some level, different herbs, different microbes, different spectrum of, of defense. But all herbs are having antimicrobial properties. So something that I recognized early on in my journey and have actually found studies that document this is that the herbs suppress pathogens in the gut but not normal flora so it won't mess your gut up like an antibiotic and i found that actually herbs uh, one top of my list is herbs that contain berberine um, but also andrographis and some of the garlic, some of the others that I mentioned, they actually work better than probiotics for balancing and normalizing the gut. So beyond they have, that, they, they have antimicrobial properties or they have uh, effects on peristalsis or they may have uh, gas dissipating effects. You're probably a combination of all the above. Yes, and different ones. Uh, cardamom is wonderful for for just suppressing uh, gas and discomfort in the gut. But a lot of that is because they are balancing the gut flora, which helps the gut return to normal. But you know, frankly, it's what people eat as much as anything. Um, you know, it's uh, my golden rules for diet: or try to eat more vegetables than anything else, and try to stay away from processed foods and eat whole foods. And you know, our population isn't getting enough vegetable fiber, and they're getting way too many carbohydrates. Um, personally, I don't do. Uh, I, 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 I'm not ketogenic like a lot of people, but I do try to keep my carbohydrate load in the day below about 150 grams. I target 150. And that has really made a huge difference in my life. Um, you know, it's uh, you give up some things, but you don't give up everything. So I frankly get a lot of pleasure out of food, but I'm not driven to eat. You know, once you cut those carbohydrates down, it really changes a lot of things about you and about your drive to eat and what you want to eat. And you know, those those just simple guidelines can make a huge difference in people's lives. And, and literally transform our microbiome, which is uh, an important aspect of GI health. Uh, when it comes to cognitive enhancement, there's a big emphasis on that because uh, as Americans uh, age, baby boomers are, are reaching uh, their senior years. Uh, you know, there's a big buzz about, you know, what you can do to uh, enhance your mental acuity, focus and concentration, memory and so on. Uh, any herbs that you favor for, for that purpose? You know, it's. Uh, I think that's all top of the list, and we tend to look for herbs that are specific, and I'm going to mention a couple of them, but it doesn't matter which group of cells you're talking about in the body. If you do the basic things that you need to do for, for cellular health, you're affecting everything in a positive way. So, yeah, if you want to keep your brain cells healthy, Keep your heart cells healthy and your muscle cells and everything else. And so, you know, that idea of a good diet, lots of vegetables, keep your carbs down, uh, keeping your stress down, getting plenty of sleep, exercising, all of those things are important. Um, the herbs for general. So my big campaign is for 
people to take a basic selection of herbs every day of their lives. And if everyone in this country was doing that, I think we would see a dramatic reduction in illness. Um, so there are a number of herbs out there that I mentioned in the book that you can take on a daily basis. And when you take these things together with these high-grade extracts, you know, you, you don't need to take, you know, loads of it. Um, you get the high-grade extracts, you combine them together, and, you know, you can do some wonderful things. But, you know, we mentioned rhodiola, top of my list, reishi, top of my list, turmeric, uh, you mentioned, wow. You know, and in India, they have some of the lowest rate of cancer and Alzheimer's in the world, and they feel like it's because people consume about a gram of turmeric every day in the curry. Um, other ones, uh, go-to cola, milk thistle you mentioned for the liver. So these are some of the herbs that I think sh people should take every day. So, you know, we know that these things do have a good brain effect. So if you're healthy and want to stay that way, just taking a basic assortment of herbs that may be all you need, uh, you know. If you know, if you if you can you know, find a way to 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 do that healthier diet and stay active and get sleep, and you're taking these herbs, that may be enough. But say that you are my age, around 65, and you're starting to have some symptoms. Um, you, maybe you do need a little bit more. So we do know that there are herbs that affect cognitive function directly. Uh, so some on that list, go-to cola is well known for that. Um, but bacopa is another herb from India that's exceptionally good. It has been shown to increase cognitive capacity in college students, kids with ADD, and dementia patients. So Bacopa. Wow, that's a great herb. Um, lion's mane, a mushroom, actually increases choline. Now, it's an immune modulator. It does great things for all the cells in your body, but it also increases choline in the brain, one of the neurotransmitters that we need to think. Um, so, and ginkgo, you mentioned, that increases blood flow. So, you, you add those on to your regular herbs and and you get just an expansion of those benefits um, that's really extraordinary. Um, but they all have antimicrobial properties. So an interesting part of my journey and my research journey is finding that we actually do have a microbiome of our brain. We actually have bacteria. Everyone has bacteria. They come from the gut, they come from the skin, they come from the outside, and they're in low concentrations. And if your cells are healthy, they're dormant. But we're starting to see the links between this, this explosion, this rupture of the brain microbiome, if you will, and diseases like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and all of these neurodegenerative diseases, those links uh, were still in the early stages, but they're starting to fall in place. So the herbs are going to help with that also. And finally, uh, a big category, and especially as people age, but also for younger individuals who experience uh, delayed onset muscle soreness or injuries, uh, there's the category of uh, anti-inflammatory herbs that uh, may uh, facilitate healing and dampen inflammation uh, and are preferable alternatives to some of the powerful addictive medications that people use for pain or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs that are no good for the GI tract. 
Uh, what are some of the, your favorites when it comes to uh, aches and pains, arthritis, and so on? Uh, I think I've already mentioned them all. <laughs> yeah, I, all I figured those, you might say it, it, it comes down to cellular um, wellness, but any specific uh, there words? Two, uh, yeah. There are two things with inflammation. Um, so one, understanding what inflammation is. And what inflammation is, is increased cellular die-off. You're turning over a larger uh, a cell, you're turning over cells at a rapid rate. And so that's creating debris, congestion that the immune system has to clean up. So it's, you know, it's moving into those cellular spaces to clean up this junk. And it uses potent acid and free radicals to do that. And it just creates a mess if it is in excessive. Uh, in excess. So, so the herbs, any of your herbs are going to have antioxidants and cell protectants that are going to reduce that rate of inflammation. But you also want to affect your immune system. So, you know, there are things that rev the immune system up. So it's actually increasing that inflammatory response. Um, so eating a lot of meat, eating a lot of wheat, eating a lot of corn is going to rev your immune system up. Not getting enough sleep is going to rev cellular turnover. So your more cells, that's going to create more inflammation. So all these poor health habits are actually making it worse. Um, so any of your herbs are going to help counter that. But there are things that actually specifically affect the inflammatory pathways to turn those signals down. And the two top ones that I would say as far as herbs are turmeric, which we've already mentioned as one of those things to take on a daily basis that I think everybody should be taking, but also boswellia, mm -hmm. um, which you would know as Indian frankincense. Um, and it, it's a wonderful herb for reducing inflammation because it's affecting some of those chemical pathways just to tone the, uh, the, inf the inflammatory response down. But in addition to that, uh, acryl or fish oil um, because of the omega-3s. So the omega-3s are fats that are used to create uh, chemical messengers called prostaglandins. And, these, and so if you are eating a lot of meat and wheat and corn, you've got omega-6s, which are pro-inflammatory. So a lot more omega-3s, which are anti-inflammatory. So, um, but krill, I like especially because it's got astaxanthin, which is a potent antioxidant, which, it, you know, it, it, it gives you one more thing that fish doesn't have to reduce that inflammation in the body. Well, I feel better already because uh, after your long <laughs> recitation of herbs, I'm taking about 90% of the things that you recommend. So uh, I should awesome. be in good shape going forward. Uh, what are some of the resources that uh, you make available to the public? Uh, you have a website, uh, you know, of course, your book, The Cellular Wellness Solution. Uh, lots of uh, references there to, uh, you know, websites and resources that people can access to learn more. Uh, do you have a, Do you have a personal website? 
I have a personal website. Um, it's called RawlsMD.com, and I use that more to help people that are struggling with chronic illnesses like chronic Lyme disease, fibromyalgia, that just aren't finding the help they need uh, somewhere else. So it's almost like a public service. We put a lot of work into just making information available for those for those folks. Um, the book has a website attached to it called cellularwellness.com um, and then there's vitalplan.com that's our company that we have a lot of education there also so we are constantly trying to uh, educate people about this tremendous and remarkable value that herbs have um, and you know it's just something we need to take down off the shelf and make part of our lives Indeed. Well, I'll uh, join the chorus of uh, people who've uh, endorsed your book, uh, Dr. Mark Hyman, Dr. Josh Axe, uh, Dr. Will Cole. Uh, you certainly, uh, uh, and Joe and Terry Graydon, well-known uh, as the hosts of NPR's The People's Pharmacy, uh, because uh, you're doing yeoman service, getting the word out about uh, the benefits of natural therapies with a kind of a, a comprehensive uh, approach. We're not just looking for uh, herbal nostrums and panaceas, we're looking at a, at a comprehensive lifestyle approach uh, that, um, uh, you know, starts with fundamentals, uh, diet, sleep, exercise, uh, stress reduction, but then builds on it with a, a sensible application of herbal technology. So good stuff. Thank you very much, Dr. Bill Rawls, well, for joining us. My pleasure. My I'm, pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. Indeed. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com.